You're listening to the best of Morning Drive with Dietrich and White, an on-demand audio presentation of redpeachsports.com and ESPN977.com. Now here's today's show. Good morning, North Louisiana. What up? How goes it? Aaron and Jake hanging out on this Monday morning in the Caldwell Banker Group One Realty Studio in West Monroe. John Tabor doing a fabulous job on the board back at the Sports Talk 97.7 headquarters in Ruston. We always love catching up with the coach, Jack Thigpen, on Monday mornings. He joins us on the Stuart Shelby State Farm Hotline. Jack, how you doing this morning, bud? Good morning, good morning. I'm doing great, doing great. Had a great Super Bowl game, and that was fun to watch and get, get ready for another great beat. Jack, uh, we're trying to wrap our uh, arms around about what we witnessed last night. What's your lasting impression or your biggest takeaway from this Super Bowl? Uh, well, you know, obviously it was a heck of a ball game. And, of course, Philadelphia with Doug Peterson, just a, a miraculous season and what he did. But, you know, there was two things. I got thinking about this a while ago. There, there's two things that uh, kind of stand out to me. Number one, typically teams that win championships are really good defensively. You know, coach will tell you defense is going to win championships. If you go, you've got to be good defensive teams to win a championship. Last night they go the whole Super Bowl and what they was one punt in the whole ball game. If Philadelphia Eagles punted one time, New England never punted the ball, so it was more offense than it was defense, and that was kind of unusual in a game of that magnitude with two teams that good. And then the other thing. To me, there's been so much talk about Doug Peterson being a high school coach just a few years ago, and now he's winning the Super Bowl. And there's something that I've always thought, and that is if a guy can coach, a guy can coach. Uh, now, obviously, there's a difference in the NFL and high school football. There's no question about it. And, you know, college and high school and that kind of stuff. But I hear all the time uh, about, well, I'm not going to hire this guy to be a college coach because all he's done is coach high school, and he can't coach college. You know, I think Doug Peterson proved all of that wrong. If you can coach, you can coach. If you can co- if you're an outstanding coach at a high school level, you can be an outstanding coach in a college level. There, there's some recruiting and some other factors involved in it, and there, there's dealing with more mature guys on the professional level. And he had, did have some experience playing there, being an assistant coach in the NFL before he went to Calvary. So he, you know, he he was a, attuned to that that level. But, you know, I, I do go back to that age. If a guy knows his stuff and can do a good job of coaching, he can do it at any level. Mm, great point. Beauty of sports talk is we get uh, different opinions and commentary. And, of course, us three being uh, different eras, Jake, myself, and you. Uh, he didn't like Timberlake's performance at halftime. What did you think of it, Jack? <laughs> well, to be honest, it wasn't my favorite. Um uh, we had some people over, and uh, we we took the time to have time to go in the kitchen and eat some dessert and drink some coffee uh-huh. and visit a little bit and get ready for the second half. So uh, Jake, I'm not a big Justin Timberlake fan, but, again, it's probably because of the era that I grew up in. That's exactly right, and uh, I guess for each his own. But, uh, you know, I, I'm I'm not real crazy. You know, they started all this halftime show with bringing all these singers in and these, these people uh-huh. like that, and... I just never have really enjoyed all that myself. But anyway, for each his own. Who would be your favorite halftime guest if you could book the halftime entertainment for the Super Bowl, Jack? Well, if, what I'd love to see would be the Texas A&M band out there marching or something. That's my, that's my halftime entertainment. Now, you know, if I want to go to a concert, I'd like to go to some concerts, and I enjoy going to concerts, and I do go to some. I'm kind of a 
country music fan, and I enjoy the country music, and I enjoy the, the music back in my era. But, uh, you know, for, for me, it's just kind of a mix of a concert and a football game, and to me, they don't really mix. I, I just as soon watch a, a, good, a good college band perform out there is what I'd like to see. I enjoy bands, and I, to me, that's what goes with football. Jake, did I misquote you? Did I take you out of context there or what? This this is something you often do on the show. I I didn't not like it. It was just, it was okay. I was a little underwhelmed. I apologize. All right, uh, Jack, we look at uh, the Dunkin' Dogs. Uh, This is a tough loss against Florida International. 71-68. Listeners out there, if you didn't hear, uh, the Panthers made uh, two three-pointers in the final, what, three seconds of that ball game to crush Louisiana Tech. Man, uh, Tech has had a number of uh, tough losses this year. I believe, what, six losses by four points or less. They've won a couple of them tight recently, but uh, Florida International got the best of them on this night. What do you take away from this game? Well, that was a tough loss. And, you know, you said two front, two three-pointers, and you're absolutely correct, but it was by the same guy, too, yeah. Brian Beard, you know, a little guy. He had not been shooting three-pointers that well through the course of the season, and he jumps up and hits those two three-pointers like that. And, you know, it just is uh, – it's just one of those, you know, this seems to be just one of these years for Louisiana Tech. Uh, start off the year, everybody thought they were going to real, real have, a, have an excellent basketball team. They were picked preseason in the conference to finish right up there at the top. But they've had adversity all through the year. You know, they had Jalen Harris, their leading scorer. He quits. Uh, you had Janiah White, who's had some health problems, and he's been out now. Uh, Jaquan Bracey, returning all-conference players, had back trouble throughout the season. He's played a little bit, missed a few games, tried to come back, missed some more games. Uh, Derek Jeans had some leg problems that he's not been in 100%. Jacoby Boykins has been nicked up and, and been missing some playing time. So it's just been one of those years, and that happens sometimes. And, and I still uh, you know, hope folks won't give up on Louisiana Tech because I still think they can get people healthy and they can go in this conference tournament uh, or play the last few games of the regular season in the conference tournament. I think they can – they can do all right in a conference tournament. They've got a good basketball team. They've just had one of those years where just things have not gone right for them. Yeah, Beard, a 24% three-point shooter coming into this game. The guy somehow figures out a way to make two three-pointers in the closing seconds. You look at Tech now, certainly an opportunity to get back inside the Thomas Assembly Center and get things straight. Four straight home games, including the matchup against Charlotte on Thursday. What are you anticipating, Jack? Well, I think that Tech's going to bounce back. I think they'll be in good shape. You know, Charlotte is, you know, kind of down at the bottom of the pack right now. They've only won five games on the season. They're one in nine in conference. So that should be a ball game that Tech can win. Then you've got Old Dominion coming in here. That, they're going to be awful good. They're 17-5 and five on the year. They're sitting at second place in the conference, 8-2. and two. Kind of a surprise team. I don't know that much about them in that I haven't seen them play. I'll, I'll uh, get some information on them before Tech plays them, but they're off. They're good, and this guy, that's going to really be a good ball game for the for the Bulldogs. But it would be nice to be able to beat a team like Old Dominion, but uh, to kind of counteract some of those those losses that we've had, particularly this one this weekend. Jack, anything else stand out from the week? I don't know if you had an opportunity to get out to a high school game or uh, see ULM versus uh, ULLL on uh, Saturday. But uh, anything pop out to you? Well, I did go to the ULM game on Saturday, and, uh, of course, I thought ULM played an excellent game, particularly the first half. Uh, they really played them tough, but the talent level of, of the Lafayette group just took over in the second half, and they're, they're awful good. I uh, did not get to go to a college game. I was over by 
my grandson is a seventh grader and plays seventh grade basketball, and I went over this week and got a chance to watch him play since the Bulldogs were out of town, and I was kind of off this weekend, so to speak, so I didn't get a chance to watch any of the high school games, but did get back and time to watch the ULM game on Saturday. Jake, I mean, uh, uh, Coach, is this uh, uh, Cajun squad that if they do get into the tournament we should keep an eye on, they get a favorable matchup? Who's, who's, who is Cajuns? If, if the Cajuns get their way into the big oh, Cajuns, dance. Cajuns, yeah, I'm yeah. sorry. Uh, you know, yeah, I think they can. I think they can beat some people. I really do. If they can get a good draw, you know, the thing that really kind of aggravates a lot of people in mid-major situations is you take a, a conference like USA or the Southern Conference, whatever, uh, Sun Belt. When they get a team in there, they particularly don't rank them very high, don't seed them very high, and they end up having to play one of the top teams in the country right off the bat. And they end up getting beat a lot of times. If they would get a favorable seed, there's a lot of teams that make the NCAA tournament that typically the champion of those conferences can beat, but they just don't get a favorable seed very often. So if Lafayette could get a pretty decent seed and not have to play the top team in the country, I think they can win some ball games in the NCAA tournament. I really do. And you know they've only lost three ball games on the season, and they're just cruising through conference there. Nobody's really giving them much problem in conference. Now, they may end up getting beat a game or two before it's over with, but they're, they're awful good, and uh, they've got their depth. They've got good depth. They shoot the ball well. They, they play good defense, and, uh, you know, they, they are, they're good, and I think they can win some games in the NCAA tournament if they get a good seed. Sure do. All right, Jack, you got a blast from the past for us on this Monday morning? Well, you know, I was thinking uh, about the, the Super Bowl and the football season winding down, and, and then, of course, basketball season uh, in full gear here. And I don't know if you guys remember, but back in the 70s, the Dallas Cowboys particularly, and some of the other teams too, would draft basketball players out of college into the NFL that never played college football. Now, there are some guys playing nowadays uh, that play football and basketball in college, but I'm talking about guys that never played college football, just strictly basketball players. And some of those guys came out to be some pretty good players. I want to mention a couple of them and maybe jog some memories of some of us old timers. Back in the early, back in the mid '60s, I guess there was a wide receiver out of Michigan State who actually led Michigan State in scoring three years in a row in basketball, named Peter Gint. And Pete, Peter Gint was drafted by the Cowboys. He ended up being a wide receiver, played several years for the Cowboys. And his notoriety is he wrote the book, and people may remember this book, North Dallas 40. And North Dallas 40 turned into a movie starring Nick Nolte, and it was kind of a takeoff on the Dallas Cowboys in the 60s with Don Meredith and Tom Landry and those people. And uh, he was a heck of a football player in the NFL, never played college football. There's another guy, Cornell, Cornell Green, who was a basketball player at Utah State. Never played college football. He was drafted by the Cowboys. He played in the late, through the 60s and early 70s. He was an all-pro defensive back for the Cowboys. In 1975, the Dallas Cowboys went to the Super Bowl. They got beat by Pittsburgh that year. They had three players on that team that did not play college football. They had a running back named Preston Pearson, and he was a heck of a running back. He was played basketball at Illinois. They had a tight end named Ron Howard from Seattle University, and they had a receiver named Percy Howard from Austin P. Now he caught caught a touchdown pass in the Super Bowl, 
And one of the uh, trivia questions that they talk about Percy Howard is the fact that he caught one pass in his NFL career, and it was a touchdown pass in the Super Bowl. Mm. And then one other sidelight I want to mention, Percy Howard was, I mentioned, a basketball player at Austin P in the mid-'70s. His teammate at Austin P was a guy named Fly Williams. And if people were basketball historians or were back in there, they'll remember Fly Williams. He was a playground legend from Brooklyn, New York, went to Austin Peay, led the nation in scoring a couple of years there. He averaged right at 30 points a ball game one year, and that was before they had the three-point line. I remember his name was Fly Williams. He played at Austin Peay. And the Austin Peay students came up with the greatest chant they've ever had in the NCAA for this guy. The team, would, or the fans would chant when Austin, was, Austin Peay was playing. They'd say, the fly is open, let's go Peay. And that was kind of a, one of the chants that people remember. But anyway, it's interesting to go back and think that basketball players that never played college football ended up playing in the NFL, and several of them played in the Super Bowl. And let me mention one of them uh, before I quit. Antonio Gates, tight end right now with San Diego, uh, from San Diego, was a basketball player at Kent State. Never played college football. One of the heck of a, one of the great tight ends now in the NFL. But anyway, kind of interesting, I thought, to look at that scenario. Good stuff, Jack. We certainly appreciate it. We'll be listening to you and the Hall of Famer on Thursday night. Thank you. Good deal. Enjoyed it. Thanks, guys. You bet. You look at uh, the weekend, uh, Tech with that heartbreaker on the road. Uh, ULM versus uh, the Cajuns knew it was going to be an uphill battle. They get outscored 42-26 to 26 in the second half. Cajuns had five players in double figures. ULM now goes on the road this weekend to square up against uh, Georgia Southern and then uh, Georgia State. ULLL, what are they at in RPI right now, Jake? 53. They're at 53. They have two really tough games coming up uh, at Georgia State and at Georgia Southern, back-to-back. Mm-hmm. Back. Um, but, yeah, that, they're at 53 now, and they can improve that with, with wins. Hey, uh, how about Grambling over Southern this weekend? Uh, the Tigers now have a seven-game winning streak. Big win against their arch rival to continue to roll along. And then uh, LSU, they've had Arkansas's number this year. They've had Arkansas's number this year, and Tremont Waters snapped out of that slump, which was very good to see. I think he had 25 points and 11 assists, which is uh, it's, it's huge for LSU. He's going to have to be special in every game for them to win it. Keep the text coming, 888-993-7762. We'll get to him after the break. we got more sound coming up from Super Bowl winning coach Doug Peterson after the break. Whatever car you're looking for, whatever the price, for how many doors, cars, trucks, and SUVs, the king of the road, car king. We treat you like royalty, we earn your trust and loyalty. You'll be wearing the crown and you'll start to sing, the king of the road, the king of the road, car king. 
growth, efficiency, professionalism, qualified staff. It's what all healthcare facilities are aspiring for, and that is what we do. Legacy Rehabilitation, offering physical, occupational, and speech therapy solutions for a wide variety of healthcare facilities, including acute care hospitals, inpatient rehab, long-term care facilities, and outpatient therapy clinics. Whether you have staffing, management, or consulting needs, Legacy is awaiting your call. Call 318-255-5980 for more information or visit LegacyRehab.net. Legacy Rehabilitation. Men, you know how you can never find the right gift for that special woman in your life? Here's the answer from Spa Nouvelle. It's Spa Nouvelle's Spa Day Escape. The Spa Day Escape includes a 90-minute luxurious massage, 90-minute red carpet facial treatment, and lunch. Get her a special gift from Spa Nouvelle. 1705 Lamy Lane in Monroe. Call Spa Nouvelle at 807-1060. That's 807-1060. Local sports talk is on the air. On the morning drive, this hour is sponsored by Car King in Monroe. Welcome back to the morning drive. We continue to break down what we witnessed last night with Philadelphia winning 41 to 33. The Eagles, the celebration is on or has been on for quite some time in Philadelphia. Got a number of texts here, Jake. Number of texts. Larry says, just couldn't understand why Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels didn't learn from the last two losses in the Super Bowl against the Giants. Move the pocket. Don't let Brady get pounded. I am really glad for Doug, though a hometown hero. I do think hopefully this will put ULM more on the map and create a good create good recruiting for the football coaching staff. <clears throat> Roger says, <clears throat> I just wonder how much worse the looting, uh, starting fires, and property damage the Eagles fans would have done to their city if their team had lost. In any case, that was one of the most entertaining Super Bowls that I have watched. And, Tony, we asked this ridiculous question because we got a text earlier in the show about Tom Brady and whether this loss um, tarnishes his legacy. Tony says, you can't blame Brady when the defense gives up 41, and that's with a missed PAT and failed two-point conversion. Yes, we agree, Tony. Mm. A lot of things stand out from uh, this game. First, top of the list has to be the guts that uh, Doug Peterson had. You heard the talk going up to this game, the fact that uh, Peterson would not play it close to the vest, that he would roll the dice, and some would say he certainly did on the fourth and goal call. The Philly special, Jake. The Philly special, uh, that was, of course, the, the pass to Foles, a, a play in which four different Eagles touched the football, um, a play that they practiced only six times, and that all came after the NFC Championship game. So the fact he dialed up a gimmick play like that on fourth down, it paid off uh, absolutely huge. And later on in the game, uh, with around five minutes to go, on his own 44-yard line to dial up uh, a pass to Ertz on, on fourth and one instead of punting the ball back to the Patriots when they were down by one point. Just goes to show you that he was the aggressive play caller in this game, and I think you have to be aggressive to beat Bill Belichick. Uh, we have a little sound here from uh, Doug Peterson just on that trick play and how it all came about. Talk about that trick play. The last touchdown. Oh, the, the, the fourth one. Um, you know, that play we've been working on for the last couple of weeks and had just needed the right time, right opportunity, and guys uh, guys executed it uh, brilliantly. How long have you had that play kind of in the playbook, though? Probably the last 
last three weeks, maybe last since this postseason started. Sorry, the quality of that audio wasn't that fantastic, but you can certainly tell that uh, it was a play that they put in, and of course he saw an opportunity. I think Foles actually came to him, and they said, hey, how about here? He said, why not? And they did. Yeah, no doubt. Um, some more texts coming in. Good to see a high-scoring Super Bowl by both teams, even though Belichick is going to lose Josh McDaniels to the Colts. I still think that Belichick and Brady have one or two more Super Bowls left in them. Still the uh, favorites to win a Super Bowl uh, next year. And you look, and it's still hard to pick against them. I mean, it's like, you know, saving at Bama. It doesn't matter what coordinators he loses. You're still going to consider them to be a favorite to win the championship. Uh, How cool is this? Everybody continues to celebrate uh, what Doug did in Philadelphia. And, of course, uh, some of his family were there at the game. One of his brothers now joins us on the uh, Stuart Shelby State Farm Hotline. Uh, Craig Peterson, we had the opportunity to visit with him last week, and now the follow-up. First of all, Bud, uh, congratulations for you and your family. Can you put into words what last night meant to you guys? Excuse me. I, I tell you what, I mean, it's still kind of surreal that that this happened. Uh, you know, kind of kind of still sitting in. I think I just stayed up too late watching Sports Center all the highlights <laughs> over and over again just to to, to make sure it was real, uh, you know, just so proud of Doug and, and what he's accomplished. Uh, you know, I just, like I said, it's it's surreal, and you know, yeah, one day it may sit in, and hey, this really happened. Yeah, uh, Doug Peterson's brother, uh, Craig Peterson, joins us. I know uh, work-related issues didn't allow you to go to the game. Were you sitting there watching it, like, oh man, I wish I would have been there. Yeah, uh, it would have been nice to be there to, uh, you know, uh, celebrate with him and everything after the game. But, you know, sometimes the best seat in the house is still on your couch. Yeah. Uh, and able to watch the game with friends and, and, you know, my family here and stuff, you know, it, it, it's a good experience. You can't beat that either. So. All right, the wave of emotions that you must have went through, it must have been like a roller coaster ride last night. Can you describe what it was like from the, the pregame all the way through as you kind of watched this thing unfold? Uh, well, you know, as, as uh, we kind of got ready for the game, you know, we've got TV on watching all the pregame stuff. And, yeah, as it gets closer to the time, you kind of nerves set in a little bit, you know, and you got nothing to do with the game, but you start getting nervous. Uh, and, uh, you know, once the game started, yeah, it, it's, you talk about up and down. Uh, I think I just stood up and paced around most of the time. There's a few plays I actually <laughs> stepped away and couldn't watch. Mm. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it was just uh, unbelievable. And, uh, like I said, just, just so happy for Doug. The fourth and goal play, the fourth, uh, you know, the Philly special. What would you think of the call? Well, I think it was a great call, uh, <laughs> you know, that it mean now that it worked. Yeah, uh, yeah another pl- another call or uh, or another play situation where I was I was nervous. You know, Doug's been like that all year. Uh, a lot of people probably don't agree with him or have that coaching mentality to do that, but you know, it works, and that's one of those deals. Hey, you're here if it works, and you're good if it don't. Uh, you know, it was a just a great design uh, to get Foles out there 
uh, open like that. Uh, you know, like I said, sometimes they work, sometimes they, they don't. Yeah, this one worked. Craig, you know uh, you got still Tom terrific, and he's got the ball at the end of the game. What are you thinking? I was hoping he didn't have the ball. Uh, <laughs> I, I was worried about that the whole game. I mean, the way that game went, it was, you know, whoever had it last is probably going to win this thing. Uh, you know, the great thing about, you know, at that point, right now is after that. But anyway, so I'm just not getting my change out of order here. But, uh, yeah, it, uh, I was hoping that drive before would have lasted about 10 minutes or however much time was left on the clock so they wouldn't get the ball again. But, you know, Tom's a good quarterback. Patriots are good. Uh, and, you know, yeah, he worried me that they were going to be able to drop down the, you know, the, one turnover of the game couldn't have happened at a better time. Craig, it's got to be unreal the way that it unfolds. Then, you, of course, you're sitting there and you're watching it and enjoying the postgame celebration, the trophy presentation. You see Doug up there with one of his sons and then, of course, his wife. And I actually saw your mom uh, near the podium also. What's that like to see that playing out on uh, national TV in front of the world? You know, it's uh, amazing. You know, you look up there and that's what Buddy Mike gets and they sit next to me she's, you know, that's your brother up there. Yeah. And, you know, and to see your brother and your mom, nephews and sister-in-law all, all standing up there, you know, on the podium after a Super Bowl victory, uh, you know, it's it's one of those things that most people don't ever get to see, even if they have a, uh, a family member that's a, a coach, you know, uh, so it, it's just unreal, and you know, it really brought back some the memories of uh, you know the first thing when I saw Mom standing up there was you know Dad would have loved to have been at that game. You know, I know he was watching and had the best seat of anybody, but uh, you know that kind of that kind of hit home. Mm. Have you had a chance to visit with Doug yet? I have not. I I texted him as soon as the game was over. We had sent him a congratulatory text. Uh, I think when I saw my phone this morning, I finally get a response back from him about 2 a.m. in the morning. Uh, but I have not tried to call him today. I figure if uh, if they went to sleep last night, they may be asleep now. Who knows? <laughs> and, and your mom, the experience for her, I know she pulled an all-nighter after the NFC Championship game, the celebration, and, of course, to hit a flight. Uh, what this has got to be like for her? Oh, I, I just can't imagine what she's going through. Uh, you know, she's got to be uh, on cloud nine, floating high right now for uh, to see this happen for Doug. Craig, appreciate the time, man. Just incredible stories and congratulations to you and your family. I'm sure you guys will have a nice little uh, family reunion and quite a celebration when you all can get together soon. Oh, yes, sir. We will. I appreciate it, Aaron. Thank you. Craig Peterson, the brother of uh, Doug, joining us on the Stuart Shelby Stay from hotline. Yeah, can't imagine. I just it's, it's so surreal to us. Like it's not even fathomable to think about seeing your brother up there on the podium after winning a Super Bowl. Mm. Such a weird situation, but really, really cool. Yeah, I wanted to point out the New York Post. I thought had the best front page after the Super Bowl, and large uh, letters it says Giants win. And underneath it, it says "Best Ad." It's a picture of uh, Odell and Eli Manning. Pretty good, pretty good stuff from the New York Post. And then at the bottom, it says, "Oh, and the Eagles beat the Patriots." 
So they're trying to localize it too. They're trying to localize <laughs> it. Yeah. Trying to get their wins where they can. Eight 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 nine nine three seven seven six two. Continue to hit us up. Uh, your biggest takeaways from the Super Bowl. You want to hear a Cowboys perspective? Do we have to? <laughs> Uh, we'll talk a little hoops plus the Super Bowl. Nick White will join us after the break. New year, new you. Let Pata's Barbecue help with eating healthy. Our meats are smoked, and we have low-carb sides. Beef, turkey, chicken, ribs, and pulled pork, all slow-cooked and full of flavor. Eat healthy at a low price. Try one of our lunch specials, chicken and sausage with two sides for $6.99, or get a fourth of a chicken and two sides for $4.99. So come on in to Podnas. Drive through or use a waiter out for delivery. Two locations, 165 North in Monroe, or Splane Drive next to Walgreens in West Monroe. Podnas Barbecue, serving the South's best barbecue since 1977. Whatever car you're looking for, whatever the price for how many doors, cars, trucks, and SUVs, the king of the road, car king. We treat you like royalty, we earn your trust and loyalty. You'll be wearing the crown and you'll start to sing, the king of the road, the king of the road, car king. The North Louisiana Orthopedic and Sports Medicine Clinic is dedicated to helping you get back to your old self, maybe even better. Whether a sports-related injury or an accident in daily life has you sideline, let the progressive all-star team of physicians, therapists, and professional staff at North Louisiana Orthopedic and Sports Medicine Clinic provide superior service and results. Visit us at MonroeOrtho.com to schedule your appointment at one of our three locations in Ruston, West Monroe, or 1501 Louisville Avenue in Monroe. If you or a loved one have been injured or a victim of medical malpractice, you need to go Guerrero. I'm Lauren Guerrero, and my father is Jeff Guerrero. He has helped thousands of people who have been injured in auto accidents, offshore accidents, drug recalls, and victims of medical negligence. So if you or a loved one have been injured through no fault of your own, do what thousands of injured clients have already done. Go Guerrero. Call 24 hours a day at 325-4306 or come by the office at 2200 Forsyth Avenue in Monroe. Grab another cup of coffee and keep tuned to The Morning Drive. This hour is sponsored by Car King and Monroe. Welcome back to the show. We continue to uh, dive into all angles of this game. Uh, Brett Favre did a tweet out. So proud of my uh, friend Doug Peterson, his performance, his Eagles showed tonight. Doug called a great game, and his team was pure class. Congratulations on the Lombardi. Uh, Brett Favre actually addressing uh, the Eagles on Saturday. Pretty cool, Peterson bringing him in to uh, give a speech to the team about seizing the moment. Yeah, no doubt. And you asked if uh, if I was ready to hear from a Cowboy fan's yeah. um, perspective about the Super Bowl. And I said, not really. And Randy said, I feel the same way about the Saints. Uh, Nick White, Cowboy lover, joins us on the uh, Stuart Shelby State Farm uh, hotline and also the voice of the Warhawks. What up, bud? Uh, good morning. Uh, good morning, gentlemen. How are you guys? Good. All right. What would you think? Top 10, top 5 game, Super Bowl of all time? Uh, I, I thought it was maybe the worst Super Bowl ever. I mean, look at who won. <laughs> I don't know. I mean. So uh, I'm, I'm going to go with uh, maybe the worst ever. So, uh, uh, 
No, I mean, they're, they're a little likable just because of Doug. If you take the Doug equation out of it, they of are. Course, they are. I, I could. I could. During the course of that game, I, I really didn't. You know, I, I didn't care who won. Um, I just didn't want to see the Eagles win. Uh, no, <laughs> uh, yeah, Doug, Doug is such. Man, he just proved himself, guys. What? What a. I mean, that, that's how you coach to go win a championship, right? I mean. He, he was consistent in his message uh, from the very beginning. I heard him, you know, a couple times on the pregame and leading up to it. All the pressure's on them. It's not, it's not on, you know, the Eagles. And you know, we're just going to go out there and, and let it fly. And uh, and they did. I mean, you look at what what they did with Foles in the NFC Championship, and then what they did last night, and they let it fly. They just went with it. And uh, I was pretty impressed with them. Um, you know, he, he will, he's pretty much cemented himself now. He'll, he'll have a job for the rest of his life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, that, that's kind of what Super Bowls do for you, uh, for the most part. Um, and, uh, you know, my biggest takeaway is, oh, goodness, uh, they're only going to get better uh, being inside the division. So, um, and, and inside the East. Uh, you know, welcome to the party, Philly. It, it took you a little while to finally get a Super Bowl, but, uh, now everybody in the East uh, has a Super Bowl trophy. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Congratulations! But uh, it, it'll be uh, pretty cool to see uh, when Doug comes back. Uh, what is done for him? Uh, I would think in the city of Monroe, uh, they've got to have some proclamations. And, and goodness, I, I would think that that ULM uh, surely he'll be back for the spring game or maybe even sooner. Uh, you got to parlay this into into something uh, to be able to to get that uh, real positive message out there. Um, with you know, you know, alum, former player, uh, just won a Super Bowl. One of what thirty one coaches to ever win a Super Bowl. That's uh, rarefied air and, and pretty cool territory there for for Doug and his family. Yeah, the only sad thing is he when he comes back, he just wants to be a dad, and I certainly try to give him yeah. space. But uh, that is certainly going to change even more now, considering what just took place. Yeah, but I think I think most people they've done a pretty good job of you know he came back last year and and most you know, few people knew he was coming back but I think once they saw him I think most people are respectful enough uh, mm-hmm. some people in the media maybe not so much but uh, most people are respectful enough to to let him go and watch his kid play I mean he gets very few opportunities being the head coach uh, to be able to do that. Um, you know, and, and so uh, hopefully um, it, it will change things a little bit. They may have to find a special place for him to go and, and do that, but uh, I'm sure they can they can accommodate him uh, whenever he, he gets the chance to come back and uh, watch his son play ball. That's the only other thing. I wish, and a couple of people already texted in, they just wish, and wish ULM would have got a few more mentions throughout the game or perhaps uh, in the pregame. But oh well. Yeah, Calvary uh, certainly got a lot. Calvary got got a lot. Uh, they, they might be the big winners out of this thing, but uh, I'm sure I'm sure Doug will. You know, he's he's been um, he's been very good about um, you know trying to promote as much as possible. I've also heard though that the Eagles have, have asked. You know, he's he's worn uh, some gear to some press conferences, and the Eagles are, are they, they don't really like that a whole lot. So. Um, He's kind of had to scale back on, on some of that stuff a little bit. Um, but, hey, you know, uh, what are they going to do to him now? Uh, he, he, he can go to Philly, and he'll never buy a drink in Philly, that's for sure, ever again, uh, after what he, he just brought to that city. 
All right, uh, one more question about this. And we always, you know, you look at the odds now to win a Super Bowl. Patriots still number one, nine to two. Then you got the Eagles at uh, six to one, followed by the Steelers. Your Cowboys are coming at uh, 22-1. Everybody looks at Philadelphia and the number of injuries and the adversity that they faced this year. Carson Wentz, of course, will be coming back next year. And they think, well, it's just a given that they're set up to make another run at this. But as you know, Nick, it's not always that easy in the NFL. No, and, and then, you know, now the Eagles have to go in, into territory they've never been in, you know, in, in their careers. A few guys have, uh, LeGarrette Blunt, Chris Long, um, you know, a few others on that team. But, um, you know, you, you've got to go now into territory of going and having the bullseye squarely on your back, and um, people, are, people are gunning for you, and uh, it's not going to be given to you. I mean, what, what else – um, what else do you want to say about it? So um, it's going to be it's going to be tough for them. They're going to have a tough schedule uh, next year as well. Uh, whenever you start looking at, at some of the, the games that they're going to have, and uh, you know, uh, we'll we'll see if they they have. And then you know, now, now you got a quarterback situation. Uh, it's obviously going to be Wentz. I mean, that that's you know that that's going to be the guy. So now, do you keep? Um, do you keep uh, Foles around and, and use him as a bargaining chip, or, or what do you do? Because I believe he's got another year on his contract. So uh, that'll be interesting to see. And, of course, now I'm also uh, looking at, uh, you know, what, what's going to be the uh, the opening night game. I'd be shocked if, uh, I'm, you know, you look at the AFC crossover um, and, and they will not play the, the Patriots next year. Uh, they play Jacksonville and London, I believe. So, uh, I'd, I'd be pretty shocked if uh, it's not the Cowboys and the Eagles opening up the season next year for a, for a little ratings bonanza there at the beginning. Mm. All right, let's talk a little basketball. We heard from uh, Coach Richard last week, and, of course, yourself talking about it's going to be an uphill battle to try to pull an upset versus the Raging Cajuns. Certainly in the first half, they looked the part, the Warhawks. Second half, of course, the depth and the talent of ULL kind of pays off, outscoring the Hawks 42-26. to 26. Your biggest takeaways from uh, the Cajuns versus the Hawks on Saturday? Uh, you, you can't you can't uh, excel on those guys at any point. Um, they are they are. I'm gonna sound like a broken record here, but they are awfully good. And uh, people that were at the the game, and I had a lot of people, um, you know, that 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 win and then, you know contacted me afterwards and like you, you were right, they're really good. And I said, yeah, and that's it's the best team I've seen them have. Uh, in my eight years of, of calling games, and I'll, I'll be consistent in saying, you know, they, they had two NBA players on their team at one time to major the NCAA tournament back in 2014. Um, th- this team is way better th- than that team. Uh, and we're talking about, you know, th- this week is a pivotal week for them uh, and for the Warhawks because uh, you got to go and, and take on now the number two and the number three team in the league on the road. It'll be your only crack at them in, in Georgia Southern and Georgia State. And uh, I went to Jay Walker, their play-by-play guy, after the game, and, and I said, "Look, you, you get by next week, you're running the table. There's nobody, nobody left on the schedule that's going to stop them, and um, they're that good. And um, you know, uh, it's, it's tough to say that, but uh, they proved it. I mean, the Warhawks, Coach Richard talked with me post-game, and you know, in that first half, they're, they're within striking distance. It's a five-point ball game, and uh, you're sitting there saying, "All right, you know, you put a game plan together." Uh, you're you're in there. You're in. You've got a shot at this thing, and and the Warhawks failed to capitalize on a, on a key moment, the 17 minute mark of the second half. Marcus Stroman picked up. Uh, he was he's the um, South Carolina transfer. 
running the point for them. Um, he picked up his third foul and then picked up a tech. Um, and so that bumped him up to four fouls with 17 minutes left to go. And the Warhawks were down by, I believe, uh, eight at that point. Sam McDaniel goes to the free throw line to shoot the text, makes one, misses the second, and um, Warhawks couldn't get a bucket on their end. And then uh, the Cajuns just uh, reeled off, I think, uh, 14-0 run, made seven straight field goals, and uh, kind of ran away with that thing and extended it out. So uh, that, that's how quickly they can turn things around. And now for the Warhawks, it's it's a matter. They put a lot into that ball game. They put a lot of lot of film study, a lot of practice, a lot of preparation. With it being a whole week to get ready for it. That was a down team on Saturday, but now you got to bounce back because uh, you're going into a, a hornet's nest there at Georgia Southern. I think it's the, the toughest place as far as crowd goes uh, in the league uh, because they're, they're, they have a great crowd and, and they're right on top of you and uh, it's a small, compact uh, gym. It really is more like a gym. It's an old field house. Uh, it's very loud. And then you, you got to go to Georgia State, which has been a, a house of horrors for the Warhawks as Georgia State has come into the league. And you got to go against their their weird, funky zone that they play, um, you know, on Saturday afternoon. And, and they're really good. They've won nine straight. So you got uh, you got Cajuns winning ten straight, and the, the Georgia State winning nine straight, squaring off on Thursday. Um, so it'll be an interesting week to see how the Warhawks can bounce back. Nick, I've got one more Super Bowl question for you Aaron and I disagree on this do you think the Eli Odell Beckham commercial was good or not I loved it I thought it was I thought it was by far the the best um I, I thought it was the best one and that was like an NFL commercial too wasn't it, it, was. it was like NFL.com yeah. or something yeah, I, I thought um, I thought it was the best, uh, and it was interesting. You know, we were at Dancing with the Stars on Friday, great event by the way for the Louisiana Delta Ballet, and we were having a conversation about you know if you ever do this, you know, you want to do the dirty dance, and you know, so that that'd be kind of cool thing to do. And then uh, you know that that was something that uh, popped up, but uh, I thought that, I thought that was really good. I like the uh, the Doritos uh, Mountain Dew one with uh, Peter Dinklage and, uh, and and Morgan Freeman. I thought that was a pretty good one. Uh, Tide, I don't know if Tide just you know wanted to combat you know what the bad pub that they've been getting by by the teenagers eating the Tide Pods or what, but um, they they had some pretty good ones as well. So uh, and then of course you know dilly dilly it's it's hard to beat them with what they're doing right now and uh in bud light so uh some good stuff on the commercial scene it kept me glued and then uh i don't know about you guys but uh I, i've been a big fan of bruno mars uh i think he should do every halftime show that guy's got some talent but uh jay timberlake should also do it as well uh that that cat uh he's gonna go places i don't know if you guys know that he's gonna go places in this life he's he's quite a quite a talent that justin yeah. timberlake guy Pretty good. Nick breaking down dance moves there. I like it. <laughs> Thanks, bud. Have a great yeah, trip kinda, to uh, kinda Georgia. Look, kinda, kinda look like, uh, kind of look, look like me back in the day with Jay Timberlake up there, you know? But, uh, <laughs> yes. Yeah, it was, it was Close. good stuff. Close. Thank you, bud. All right, guys. Uh, keep Thanks. The, keep the text coming, 888-993-7762. Ken said, someone asked if the Super Bowl win by Peterson would help ULM recruiting. I don't know. Did Belichick attending Wesleyan or Sean Payton attending Eastern Illinois help those schools recruit? If so, then yes. Good text there, Ken. Uh, good. Uh, their sons aren't playing there, though, at those prospective schools at the current time. Yeah, but I, I still yeah. think his point stands. Yeah.
Uh, Kevin Hart's getting a lot of different. You know that is right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, negative and positive feedback for what he did on the NFL Network. Bama Jim says he loved it when Kevin Hart uh, tried to bull rush the podium and a very large human shut him down. He did get on eventually with uh, the NFL Network, and, of course, the FCC will be uh, calling them very soon. Yeah, if they I'm haven't sure they will. already. I'm sure they will. Uh, let's have our parting shots coming up next. Whatever car you're looking for, whatever the price for how many doors, cars, trucks, and SUVs, the king of the road, car king. We treat you like royalty, we earn your trust and loyalty. You'll be wearing the crown and you'll start to sing, the king of the road, the king of the road, car king. Hi, I'm Greg Tilly in Bossier City. For 40 years now, we've been awarded the biggest volume dealer with the most competitive pricing in the United States. How about a brand new double wide, finished sheetrock and loaded for only $62,995. See it at Tilly'sHomes.com or visit us in Bossier City. Even if you're a big time basketball fan, there might be a few facts about the game you don't know. Like, did you know the first hoops were actually peach baskets? Or that a warm basketball is bouncier than a cold one? Or that players can run as much as four miles during a game? Well, here's another fact that you might not know it's actually really helpful when you buy a car true car also helps you get used cars that's right true car isn't just for buying new cars don't get me wrong they're great for that with their certified dealer network and nationwide inventory of nearly 1 million used cars you enjoy real pricing on actual inventory and a simpler buying experience whether you buy new or used and with true car users can see what others paid so you know if you're getting a good deal before you even buy the car. They're also more likely to enjoy a faster buying experience by connecting with true car certified dealers. So when you're ready to buy a new or a used car, check out true car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Some features not available in all states. Good morning, Louisiana. This is the morning drive. This hour is sponsored by Car King in Monroe. Welcome back to the Morning Drive. You ready for your parting shot, Jake? Let's do it. Look here. Look here, Blondie. God, I hate to hear that. I hate to hear that. And you and Nick up there at your little Punch and Juice show, y'all kind of made fun of it and went on to the next subject. I don't know why we can't understand that. And y'all treat me like garbage, man. Well, I don't really care to answer the critic. Y- y'all trumped up all over me. Wrong. That is absolute wrong. I'm a crowd pleaser. That's what I do. I try to play to my crowd. And I don't really care about that. It's the end of the conversation. Thank you very much. Have a great day. Go ahead, bud. Uh, before we hit on the Super Bowl one last time today, I do want to mention <laughs> LSU's basketball team real quick. This is crazy. They have six top 50 wins. Now, in comparison, that's tied for the second most, or tied for the third most, I should say, in the country against top 50 teams. And in comparison, Duke has five, and North Carolina has five, Xavier has four. Mm. LSU has six. And so because of that, I saw a mock bracket where LSU's still getting in. And I I thought those hopes were, were dashed, especially as of late with those big-time losses to Auburn and Tennessee. 
two really good SEC teams, ranked SEC teams, but still uh, some borderline embarrassing losses there. Um, yeah, apparently they're still in it. So Joe's Towing Service did this mock Joe's bracket. Towing Service bracket. Yeah. Actually, let's see what this one says. <laughs> it says uh, Shelby Mast Bracket Wag.com. <laughs> It, it's official bracketologist. It's a official bracketologist for USA Today dot com. Oh, oh, all right. Well, there you go. Anyway, I just think it's crazy. Like it seems like you, they'd have no chance, and then all of a sudden you see, oh yeah, their RPI is still insane. Hmm. All right, biggest takeaways from the Super Bowl. Let's uh, run through it one more time, Jake. First of all, uh, Doug Peterson really steals the show. Just the coaching job that he did. Arguably, he was going up against uh, the greatest coach in NFL history. Yes. Arguably, the greatest quarterback in NFL history. Undoubtedly. Uh, and then he had the guts, and everybody says, well, they get in that situation. Uh, they're not going to hold anything back. He did. What was cool about it to me, Aaron, is, of course, we're going to play up the Peterson angle yeah. here. Right? That's our local angle. And we tried to play it up last week. What was cool to me was seeing – you know, because of the gutsy calls that he made, seeing it be the national yeah. story. Like yeah. today, on, on the front of ESPN, they had this huge story about Peterson and the gutsy calls he made. So that's been really fun to, to look at in the aftermath of the Super Bowl. On the flip side, you look at uh, Detroit, and this I think their press conference is uh, scheduled for Wednesday. They'll announce their new head coach, a guy that got plenty of airtime on Sunday, Matt Patricia the defensive coordinator from New England. Uh, here's his quote after uh, his defense basically just got ran all over. Obviously, I did not do a good enough job with that defense. Look, that's a great offense. They're extremely talented. I've been talking about it all week, how good they are. They played really well. We didn't get enough stops when we had to, so give them all the credit. They played outstanding. He was then asked about you know the job with Detroit. Wisely, he said, this is not the time or the place. Maybe we'll address that later in the week. Yeah. I thought they did a good job of covering up Jeffrey in the second half. But they couldn't stop Aguilar. They couldn't stop Clement. And Zach Ertz made some pretty big plays down the stretch as well. And then ultimately, we, you know, the conversation with Nick Foll, and I remember us having the discussion and we tried to rank the quarterbacks once the postseason started and where Nick Foles. Where do Foles, we have last? Uh, it was him and Blake Bortles. We were yeah. trying to decide who was the worst quarterback in the postseason. And, boy, did he silence a lot I, of those critics. Well, that's that's I think that best uh, epitomizes what this run from the Eagles has been is who could have predicted this? Who could have predicted Foles could come back and be as good as he was? Who could have predicted Peterson could take the Eagles this far? You know, 10 years ago. 10 mm -hmm. years ago, he was coaching high school. It's just it's crazy to me, you know. These are things that you don't see. You just don't see it often. And then, the other, and then coming into it, you know, everybody wants to to do the boxes. You know, who has the advantage? And then, of course, head Maybe coaches. So everybody's looking Belichick versus Peterson in Belichick's history. Check New England. Everybody's looking at the quarterback situation. You're thinking that is the, you know, you got a Hall of Famer versus a guy that is basically uh, making his what a third postseason start and huge double check for Tom Brady. Brady did what he was supposed to do, throwing for a record 505 yards, but Foles to be in that situation and come through like he did, pretty darn incredible. Yeah, it, it is. And that's what I, I just want to say is like, I think that best 
epitomizes what the this win for the Eagles has been. It's just a whole lot of unpredictables coming together and producing history, the first ever Philadelphia Super Bowl win. And Nick White said uh, everybody in the NFC East has now won a Super Bowl. Has everybody in the NFC South won a Super Bowl, Aaron? Remind no. me. Mm-hmm. No, they haven't. Carolina, Atlanta, Saints, Tampa Bay. Richie says, this is the best parting shot of all. You ready for this one? This is for you. Atlanta's still waiting for their Super Bowl. Yes, that was your point you were trying to make. Yeah, yeah, I've moved on because you didn't get it. This is for you, Aaron. All right. 60 minutes just wasn't enough. Brady decided to go one-on-one with time. He lost. (laughs) The man who loves time versus time. Yes. It's still uh, noteworthy to watch it uh, still after this loss. Uh, The other thing, thankfully – the catch, no catch, you have to feel like the NFL will do something about that this year. Because ultimately this game, two huge calls Even going in it. two huge calls going in the Philadelphia's way. And you think if they would have overturned that Ertz touchdown, what kind of conversation we would have been having today and then of course what the situation would have been like in Philadelphia this morning. Yeah, well I was confident they were gonna change it before the game because Goodell had already talked about it. So I mean, if anything, this just solidified the fact that they will change the, the catch rule. They'll make it – I don't know what they're going to do, but they'll make it simpler somehow. Um, and that's good because, look, we're overthinking this thing, man. We're we're getting to where we're, we're relying too much on technology and saying, oh, did we see a slight wiggle here? Did he maintain – just did he catch it? And then the way technology has gone advanced, and advanced, yeah. I mean, it's just like, oh. Because when you see it in real time, I mean, in real time you yeah. can't tell. And that's that's like that's why it drives me crazy. Because I mean, think about all the catches over the years that weren't catches. I mean, before this technology was, you know, like it is today. I mean, back in the day, you couldn't go back and review these plays like that. So come on. Fantastic Super Bowl with uh, Philadelphia celebrating a forty-one thirty-three victory. Uh, guys, uh, Valentine's Day just right around the corner. Are you ready, Jake? I'm ready. Are you looking for a unique gift? I'm always looking for a unique gift. How about a relationship checkup from Amber White and the staff at Firm Foundations Counseling in Monroe? Every year you go to a physician for your yearly routine checkup. Twice a year you go to the dentist for a cleaning and checkup. How often do you go to a professional therapist for a checkup on the most important relationship in your life, your marriage? A lot of hosts at uh, Sports Talk 97.7 are taking the relationship checkup, and you should too. All you got to do is mention the morning drive to receive a special discount on your initial visit. Call Firm Foundations at 654-7010 at 654-7010. Mention the morning drive special discount, or you can go online to My Firm Foundations for more information. I enjoyed today's show. It was fun. Yeah, fun to, to relive the Super Bowl. Cool that we got Doug's brother on yet again to talk about. Um, his brother won the Super Bowl. Very and cool. Jack Thick, Penn, and Nick White joining us for his weekly visits. Coming up tomorrow, I'm sure uh, Gus Cattengill will have plenty of things to say about the Saints and, of course, that Super Bowl. Now we spin this thing forward. What does New Orleans have to do now to find itself back in the big game? I also you know, want to give us some time to think about that Super Bowl a little bit more and compare it. I, you said you think it's a top ten Super Bowl, but you, you haven't really looked at it. I want you to look deep into the the past, look at all the Super Bowls, and tell me tomorrow whether you think this is actually 
a top ten Super Bowl. We're also going to be looking for uh, nominees for uh, top ten Thursday, correct? Correct. We already got one last week, uh, top ten microphone meltdowns, which sounds really fun. Uh, if you've got any more suggestions, you can hit us up on the Twitter. Eric Conkle will join us for his weekly visit as the Dunkin' Dogs that return home this week. Good job on the board today, Tabor. Everybody enjoy your Monday. The Itch is coming up after the break. Thanks for listening to the best of the morning drive with Dietrich and White. To listen live every day, tune in at ESPN977.com or subscribe in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find podcasts.